I know that the last few episodes have been primarily focused on parenting and um, there is a reason for that. I have a few friends who are younger than I am who are just starting the parenting journey, either brand new babies, young toddlers, or very pregnant. Um, Yeah, so that is the reason why I'm talking about parenting right now. This is something that I've been doing for 21 years, so I'm not necessarily an expert on it, but I am a seasoned pro. We'll put it that way. So I went to Reddit and um, there were parents going through some of the similar things that um, either I went through or my friends are going through right now. So I will read a few of their questions, requests for advice, and we will uh, discuss it. Here's one that I definitely identify with. It says, anyone with grown-up children who were very difficult as preschoolers. This comes from Adra21. My 3.5-year-old son has been a challenge since the day we brought him home from the hospital. He's bright and unique in so many ways. He's always been well ahead of his milestones, but he's also extremely difficult. I don't mean this as a negative thing, really. The boy is just extremely strong-willed and knows what he wants and how to get it. I'm curious, for any of the more experienced parents on here, with a teenager or adult child who was overly difficult as a preschooler. How did things turn out as they got older? Was everything always a struggle? In parentheses, I'm totally aware that any infinite number of unique circumstances will affect the outcome of a child's future, but I'm just really curious if kids who have had a challenging temperament as preschoolers end up carrying that with them into adulthood. Thanks. Edit should have emphasized, assume for purposes of this question, that we're talking about a kid who's far more difficult than your average preschooler. Okay, I have a 16-year-old who was far more difficult than your average preschooler, and this was an issue from the moment she popped out. Literally, actually, I'm going to rephrase that. Um, She's been in her terrible twos since I was about three months pregnant. Um, She had a true knot in her umbilical cord. She kicked me in the bladder so much it bruised, you know. So, yeah, she's been difficult for about as long as she's existed. Um, (laughs) Does it get better? Um, hmm. No, she's 16 and every bit as strong-willed as she was when she was three. Uh, We still have temper tantrums. We had one last night. But I will say that she is definitely still ahead of her milestones. Uh, She scores off the charts at school. She's in a number of extracurricular activities um, and is very successful at them. In fact, her major in her ROTC program sent me a note that said he was very proud of her leadership skills. So see, your son's not a brat, he just has leadership skills. It's all in the way you look at it. I know it can be difficult, and I will say that, yeah, um, this did continue. Her strong temperament has continued all the way to 16. Um, She is my most difficult child. I've often said I have spanked my children a total of 10 times, and eight of them were Jordan, and that is not an exaggeration. Being strong-willed is something that gets them by as adults. My husband, I'm going to assume that he was a very strong-willed child because he's a very strong-willed adult and still occasionally throws a temper tantrum. Don't tell him I said so. But he is also successful. He has a family. He owns a house. He owns two cars. He does well in his career. It may serve him well in the future. I know it's frustrating now, but it's not necessarily a bad thing. Cheeto717 asks, Am I putting my kid through too much? I teach at a bilingual school, and I always knew that once my son was old enough to start kindergarten, I wanted him to attend. His learning Spanish is very important to me. The only thing is that it is an hour drive to get there and an hour back, sometimes more if traffic is bad. School has started, and we've been at it for a little over a week. I do everything I can to make it comfortable for him. Snacks, neck pillow for naps, coloring books. 
I think it's having an impact, but not a huge one. He seems a little more crabby than usual, and his attitude flares up a little more than usual. Is this too much for a five-year-old? Anything else I could do to make the commute better for him? I don't think it's the commute. Um, it's the first week of school. I will tell you with my 21 years of experience, the first week of school is always rough. Trying to get adjusted to a new schedule, a whole new school, new people. It's overwhelming for a five-year-old. We are currently in our second week of school, and I only have one left in school. My 16-year-old is a junior, and it's frustrating. She's more crabby than usual. She's tired. She's exhausted. There's a whole new schedule. She got used to her summer schedule. Now she's got this new schedule. She's really just adjusting to the schedule. It should be okay by about a month. Really, there's not much more that you can do to make the commute better. You've done way more than I would have. But yeah, I mean, we live next door to the elementary school and my kids during the first couple weeks of school were definitely more crabby than usual. They had attitude problems. Uh, Jordan would often just fall asleep. So it, it's not anything you're doing. It's just school. Destro Sally writes, completely overwhelmed by my three and four-year-olds. I have a three and a four-year-old who never leave me alone, are constantly asking questions and are always asking me to do things for them or with them. I know it's all age appropriate, but it's constant and never ending. If they're not whining at me, then they're screaming at one another. I try to keep track of any 30 second period of time that I have devoid of some sort of interjection from one of them throughout the day, and it literally never happened. Even when they're behaving well, they're constantly making their presence known. If I let them know that I need time to myself, they get extra clingy and follow even closer on my heels. If I ask them, to go to their room so I have a moment of peace. They scream and whine until I let them out. I don't know what to do. I'm so overwhelmed. What you can do is invest in a ton of children's books and movies. You can put your kid in front of the TV, and I know that's frowned upon, but you know if it gets you a half an hour of peace, letting them watch Teletubbies on loop, then um, that's what you need to do. You have to be human sometimes, so I wouldn't kick yourself if you... Rely on the TV every now and again to keep your kids busy so that you can take a bath or even just go to the bathroom in peace. And while it might feel a little counterproductive or even guilt-provoking, you have to put yourself first sometimes. Otherwise, you're not going to be the parent you want to be because you're not going to be effective. You're going to be frustrated. You're going to be angry all the time. And that's not good for you or the kids. So don't feel guilty about putting yourself first occasionally. You have to. Otherwise, you'll go insane. Parenting is a tough gig. And let me tell you something. It's a long gig. It's like 21 years. If you do any job for 21 years, you are bound to fuck up sometimes. And you just got to not beat yourself up over it. You just have to learn from it. And if you learn from it, it's really not that bad. You just have to be like, oh, that was bad. I'm not going to do that shit again. And don't do that shit again. That's really the bulk of parenting. Pick your battles. Put yourself first sometimes. Put your husband first sometimes and um, don't beat yourself up over the little things that you feel like you did wrong because we've all done the things wrong. I think I've shared in a previous episode some of my parenting fails. I would like to hear more of your parenting fails. If you'd rather stay anonymous while you share your parenting fails, I completely get it. You can go to the free suggestion box and leave a story there. It's totally anonymous and no one will know it was you. McKinley1817 writes, Looking for opinions on parenting. I have a two-and-a-half-year-old daughter that is still a poor sleeper. My husband and I have different methods of putting her to sleep. I like rules and schedules and consistency. My husband likes to do whatever gets her not to cry. He lets her watch TV till she falls asleep, sometimes 10.30 or so. I think this is allowing the TV to parent the child 
and not doing any good for her. Basically, I'm the bad guy because I want to go to bed at 9 and not watch TV. She also gets up in the middle of the night and wants to watch TV for hours, looking for people to tell me I'm asking too much of her, or that he needs to actually put her to sleep and not let her watch TV till her brain rots. I just don't know anymore. There could be a definite compromise here. You can get a CD player or a sound machine. Um, they do have music boxes or sound machines that have like rotating lights or things like that. Doesn't necessarily have to be the television. However, I will say that if um, she watches TV and stays up till 1030 versus screaming and crying, not going to sleep until midnight, the TV might be the answer. Really boils down to you have to do what works for you. If watching TV gets her to go to sleep earlier than just putting her to bed, then that's what you do. We actually bought a CD player um, when the girls were smaller and we put it in their room because Jordan was the same way. So we had a CD player in there. We bought CDs of audiobooks for kids, lullabies. Uh, we used it also for like cleanup time. We would um, you know, put on the Lori Berkner CD, which is energetic and happy and fun, and it would get them to clean their room. And then we would have like Dan Zanes at nighttime to go to sleep because it's more chill and more relaxing. But yeah, so just do what works for you. If the TV is getting her to go to sleep earlier than fighting with her, then do it. You have to pick your battles sometimes because otherwise all you'll do is fight. We learned that the hard way. Actually, I wish my husband would learn that because he and my youngest still butt heads on a regular basis. They're just too much alike. I pick my battles. I would rather not fight. He says it's spoiling her. I say it's my sanity. I can't fight constantly. So I pick my battles and I probably pick fewer than I should, but I don't want to fight constantly. And that's what it ends up being. She still doesn't sleep very well. She watches television until she goes to sleep. Granted, she's 16, so it's a little better. She goes to sleep earlier watching television than if she wasn't. She sometimes wakes up in the middle of the night and restarts the show she was watching until she falls back to sleep. It works for her. And that's really the key to pay attention to here is if the TV helps her go back to sleep or get to sleep, then maybe that's the solution for you. But... You could try other things, um, the sound machine with the little lights um, or a CD player so that she falls asleep to music. It's up to you. You got to do what works. And if it works, do it. Don't let anybody guilt you into saying, oh, well, she's rotting her brain with the television. The TV doesn't necessarily rot your brain. Unsupervised television and allowing your kid to watch just whatever, that might rot her brain. But if you put a TV in her room that does not have streaming capabilities, just a DVD player, then you get to control what she watches. And that's a win-win. Most often in parenting, you have to pick your battles. There are battles that you will never win no matter how hard you fight. So you have to think about it and say, is this the hill I want to die on? So if you're new to parenting and you're feeling a bit like a failure and struggling, a good portion of the time, you're not alone and you're not a failure. We all struggle from time to time. We all have these uh, feelings of failure. Just learn from your mistakes. Pick your battles. Take time for yourself. Take time for your husband. Communicate your needs clearly and um, you should be good. So that's all for me this week. Tune in next week. We'll continue our talk about parenting. We're probably going to continue talking about parenting throughout September because my middle child was born in September as well as March and July, because that will be what's on my mind, my children. 
Also be prepared for Spooky October, where we will have a different guest every week, hopefully. And uh, we'll talk about spooky stuff like ghost stories and experiences and, you know, just the good old paranormal. Till then, talk to you later. Bye. Thank you for listening to This Fruitless Endeavor. This Fruitless Endeavor was brought to you by Anchor.fm, where you can make your own podcast. You can also find This Fruitless Endeavor on Facebook, Twitter, Discord, and Skype. Thanks, guys. See you later.